Thanks awesome. For, Thank you. Yeah, for real. Thank you for uh, <laughs> taking the time out to talk to us, man. Yeah. Of course, my pleasure. And I'm actually excited. Like, you know, like we just dropped the film on um, Sunday and I've been just trying to, you know, like get it out and have like a little press run. So this would be dope. Like, we, a good start. We, we loved it, man. Like the stuff yeah. we talk about on this podcast, a lot of, uh, I mean, dude, like Sopranos level social commentary <laughs> packed into like 15 minutes. Honestly, I, it was way more than I was expecting. Yeah. The, the, part, with, the part with the beat, since I'm a producer, when you were like the uh, two for 50 at the end, I was fucking dying. Like the whole time, you know, that shit is so funny. Cause that's like actually how it is in the community. Like he would just want to get shit out of you at the end of the exactly. day. Sort of how I took that, you know? Yeah, and is, is my audio good and everything? Like, or do you guys? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, you sound good from here. I think uh, the Zoom is a uh, we we tested it before, so I think it's it's pretty good. But so awesome. So yeah, we just uh, I think in in other topics, it's like you know we we talk a little bit about celebrity culture and kind of just like you know its influence on society and things like that. I think what we've never really talked is on like the individual level how some people get really. You know, fan, they can take that fandom to the extreme levels. And I liked kind of how you represented, and I know you're a Dreamville fan yourself. I know you've shot, like, for Cos before, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that was almost like the two ends of the spectrum with these two roommates. You had the, the Kanye fan, and homie came in in the Dreamville hoodie, and it was almost like, and you opened with the J. Cole interview. Yeah. And I loved what he said about the celebrity culture. Like, I thought that really set it off in, like, the put the conversation off in, like, the right place. Exactly. Like, I mean, um, yeah, like, I mean, that Cole interview when it happened, I think, I think that interview probably dropped around the time I was writing the script. Okay. And, um, I mean, that's perfect. I mean, it basically, he said in like that one sentence, what I wanted to tell him, you know, the 15 minute short yeah. film. And I don't know if you guys realize, but young Kanye is a true story. Okay. I did say, yeah. see, based on true events. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, you know, like a lot of that stuff's hyperbole and, you know, I, I, uh, exaggerated a lot of things, but I did have a roommate named Young Kanye my freshman year <laughs> college in Brooklyn College, um, and he was an aspiring producer. And I mean, like a lot, like the way that dude acted in the film is, I mean, very similar to how it was in real life. <laughs> so I was gonna ask yeah. when you wrote it. I guess it was after freshman year. <laughs> oh, I mean, it happened 2016, and then I started my thesis screenwriting class in a uh, fall of 18. Okay. Yeah. And then, yeah, this was like a two-year process, and I shot, I shot the film in the fall, and I mean, I think we just dropped it at the perfect time with everything going on in the world. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, especially with all this time stuff. better. Yeah, especially with all this uh, presidential bid bullshit. But you know, yeah. <laughs> and we timed this yeah. podcast pretty good. He came, he went, he had a big Forbes interview today, and like, and we'll get into it later. But he actually laid out what his presidential platform is and mm -hmm. so literally today was the day that he came out and announced his presidential platform so yeah. it is a crazy week to put this out and yeah i just it's funny because i think as a white kid who's in a hip-hop everyone goes through this phase where they're really in a kanye west it's almost like a trial mm -hmm. you have to it's it's a, it yeah and i mean he's one of the he is one of the greatest producers of all time and and his albums are i i put my beautiful dark twist of fantasy as like you know it it, prob it might be Top just 10. for the features on it yeah. one of the best like whole hip hop albums mm -hmm. of all time. And I and agree, hundred percent. Like I was when I was in the room with Young Kanye, I was. I mean, this was coming off the of Life of Pablo. Okay, mm -hmm. I was a huge Kanye fan. And I love I I love the Life of Pablo. I think that was like you know last good album he did. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. um, 
When, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. This dude walks into the room and he's like showing off because this guy actually had tattoos that had um, ultralight beam lyrics on his wrist, both wrists. <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, all right, maybe, I don't know, there's, you know, there's levels to this fan. Yeah, that's it. Ultralight beam too, I mean, like, that's not even that great of a yeah, song. Right, no. That's <laughs> tough. That's yeah. tough. That's a tough pick. He's got so many better songs. Yeah, I would really, I would, I would respect a, a couple of choices a little more. Yeah, yeah. No, I um, we, we, I think also resonated with kind of just like the reaction. I really mm-hmm. liked how you played the two roommates against each other, and just kind of like this initial just jump back because I think so often in this industry or just you know in in general people are. And I think a kid like that, it comes out of, and I'm going to get a little crazy right now, but, and, and, and I'm sure you've thought about this stuff because it is well-written. I can tell it's deep, but a kid like that, and you kind of wrote the background with the, with the rich parents. I don't want to give too much away because I want the listeners to go watch it, but I, um, there is a certain kind of like insecure personality that's very aspirational that you see in hip hop. Cause I think you can, you get attached to these figures, especially somebody like Kanye West, because I look at Kanye and I think the reason, and there's a DJ premiere interview that maybe you've heard before. And he talks about like why Kanye West gets hate from people and why like there's this reaction to Kanye West. And he goes, because when you see Kanye West, you realize what a sucker you are. Cause here's this guy who's crazy and he's fully confident in himself. <laughs> he doesn't care. He's fully out and about. So you wish you could be that comfortable and you realize what a sucker you are. And I think there's people who see that and are repulsed. And there's people who see that and go, ooh, I want to be that. But too often you can focus on those more negative aspects of it and, yeah. and build that confidence from out of the wrong things. Yeah. Exactly. Or speaking on the negative aspects, especially the uh, – well, actually, I'm not even going to give it away yet. Uh, I don't want to give anything away, not any spoilers <laughs> or anything. All right, yeah. all right. That would have given away something immediately about the film. But anyway um, – <laughs> no, no, no. You're well, good. Yo, talk, talk about talk about whatever you want. I mean, if it's yeah. too much of a spoiler, yeah. I don't know. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, okay. yeah. honestly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had that. I had that point. Yeah, I was fucking lost. But anyway, uh, the part where he where he's talking about, oh, I lost my uh, my dad split, and then you know went to uh, Oregon or whatever to some tender bitch, right? And then, and then he was like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And he's like, nah, that's great. I think he was like taking that negative aspect of like, oh, wanting to be like Kanye, like rappers are from broken homes or some shit yeah. like that you know yeah. and I, I, th- I thought that was like a very interesting thing yeah, yeah and i mean i might have been like honestly like i'm gonna be honest i i was projecting a little bit onto that character myself mm-hmm. because like my parents split and like you know like i in a lot of ways i look at my parents divorce as a good thing like like because i had to downgrade and like honestly like get a check for my privilege like i lost my big house I moved into a smaller house, met my friends I have today and stuff. And I, I learned a whole different perspective on life. So I was projecting, but I mean, you know, he might have that mindset, but he's still living his rich life. So I feel like, you know, in, in a lot of ways I was, but I I was touching on that as well. Like where Kanye, you know, like he, he had a broken home and stuff. And this kid was just trying to aspire with black culture as much as he could, you know, like with yeah, the broken yeah. home. And stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like yeah, culture biting is like such a, a huge part of uh yeah today you know because like, sure. like especially with that a whole tweet about you know if you take away don't use a single thing with like a black gif or like a black uh photo or anything on twitter and you'll see how quickly 
you can't almost use anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The only good gifts are of Leo clapping and shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know. No, it's, it's, it's crazy when you really think about it. And, and touching on, like, the whole, like, um, people being repulsed or people wanting, like, that confidence that Kanye has. I feel like everyone wants that confidence. But I feel like it's dangerous in a lot of ways. And I feel like Cole touches this on the interview too. Like yeah. where this dude is, you know, like it, it, it was the breaking point for me when, when Kanye was in the Oval Office with Trump wearing the MAGA hat. And yeah. Was, I think like, it was for a lot of people. That's when I was like, I can't support this dude anymore. Like I, like I understand he's going through his mental health and stuff. And you know, you have to be mindful of that. But when this dude's going around wearing this MAGA hat, when only like what during Katrina, he was saying that George Bush doesn't care about black people. Like why the switch? Like, he used to be super activist and, like, actually, like, you know, stood up for these causes. And I, I think, you know, maybe deep down he still does. But um, when you're enabling, like, like, because, like, majority of Kanye's fan base is white. I, I personally do believe that. Given by everyone who wears Yeezys, you look at the shows and everything. 100%. Yeah. Majority white. And when you're enabling kids like young Kanye, because we all know a young Kanye. Yep. There's oh, probably multiple young Kanyes. When you're enabling these kids that... My favorite rapper is wearing a MAGA hat, and he supports Donald Trump. My parents support Donald Trump. Trump got my vote. And that's where, like, all right, now you're really just, like, it's dangerous. It's a dangerous game now because you're, you're enabling that privilege and that racism to happen. It's yeah. incredibly dangerous, and I think it's so funny not to jump so into the presidential stuff because I really do want to talk about how a majority of his base is white and how that <laughs> – isn't really seen in a lot of the coverage of his presidential bid. I don't think yeah. people understand that the black community kind of has by and large been done with no. Kanye for like no, a minute now. Us niggas hate him. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. No, we don't, we don't like that, man. Yeah, no, for, for a while, at least yeah. Twitter on social media, the climate has been mm-hmm. Kanye is not, not, uh, not in right now. And like, I, I gotta say, I mean, look at how the Yeezy's prices dropped after the slavery was a choice comment. That's, that's, that's how you see it. But I think specifically when it goes to like the, the the things in Kanye that are the negative aspects and the things that are bad there and, and you touched on the mental health and the mental health I think is part of that and, and I gotta ask you this I'm derailing for a sec but I just got I remember did you intentionally write the character of young Kanye to like be a little bit manic almost so that character is relating to Kanye's mania and seeing it as like a good thing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean like the, char- the character arcs, like, you know, loosely based on real-life experience and then also what I would think that, you know, a Cole, like if Cole and Kanye were actually on a bunk, like, living in a 120-square-foot room together, what that kind of dynamic would be. Because, like, you saw, like, how Cole constantly gets, you know, like, he would get criticized for false prophets. Like, oh, you're going after this man when he's checked into a mental hospital right now and stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, I wanted to play on that as well. Mm-hmm. But no, definitely, yeah. And I, I wrote that intentionally, and I yeah. definitely didn't have that's really okay. stuck out. <laughs> I was like, all right, because I was, I definitely had my manic days, and that was what made me love Kanye West. I was like, oh, this means you're a genius, which is so toxic. That's like <laughs> a wild, like you should. The manic voice is not the genius one you should listen to. You'll end up running for president after you know you can get on ballots. Um, but so it, it's. It's truly, I think, um, so I, I wrote an essay to get into college that was, what would my dream job be? And I said, I wanted to be Kanye West political interpreter. 
and, and I cited the George Bush doesn't care about black people thing and some of the other things he said about the fashion industry and wanted to make clothes for everybody. And I cited this thing and I was like, you know, then he derails into the I'm Walt Disney, um, this. And, but what he means is, you know, there, there's nuggets in there. And I love what you said about there, there was a Kanye that was once like the man of the people and that's been lost. And on our first episode of the show, not talking about Kanye, we were talking about how hip hop, like over the course of maybe even the past few decades has been a little bit absorbed by capitalism. Yeah. And not just, I'm talking Migos appearing on Ellen. I'm talking culturally, rappers themselves, people have kind of given into this very materialistic, and rap was always materialistic. It was always aspirational. But to this degree where even someone like Kanye West, who was once rapping about punching his manager at the Gap, is now, like you said, in the Oval Office with, you know. Signing deals at Gap, just signing yeah. a deal with Gap. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. It, it was actually, it's funny, like, this is hilarious too, because um, my freshman year of college, fall 2016, it's like, let me give you a backdrop. Trump gets elected the same semester I'm with you and Kanye. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in a class, uh, Intro to Mass Media, and the professor asks a question, he's like, Modern day hip hop, what do you think? What part what political party between the Democrats and Republicans do they resonate the most with? And I raise my hand, I'm like, Democrat, like what? Like, cause my favorite rappers are Cole, Kendrick, and the yeah. conscious guys. Yeah. And then you think about it, yeah, it's materialism, it's woman, it's a love affairs and everything. I mean, I mean, both parties are obviously guilty of that. And I realized that after my four years of college that yeah. and this year, especially with the primaries. But I mean, yeah. I, honestly, hip-hop really does fall in line with the Republican Party in a lot of ways. They don't want to pay their taxes. I mean, who does? But yeah. there's, a, there's a ton of things. So, yeah, that's a good point. I'd agree with that, and I'd even say, um, to your point about Democrats, Democrats and Republicans, I think it's funny. Hip-hop being kind of a, a countercultural, you, in the beginning, it was like anti-Republican, anti-Liberal, or anti-these these, these things. Mm -hmm. But I think it's not even representative of necessarily becoming more Republican, but the line, and you'll agree with this, but the lines being blurred between what really is the difference between Democrat and Republican, almost everybody has become incredibly consumer and materialistic. And you talked about the women. I mean, you see <laughs> the way rappers talk about women. You see presidents on both sides treating women that way. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, it's, oh, it's just so interesting because Kanye, to talk about where his brand of hip hop lands, it definitely now is Republican, but once was distinctly Democrat. He was like a rich liberal at one point. That was, yeah. you know, he was homies with John Legend. Like there was yeah. like that Kanye that existed post maybe even the knockout, the gap manager Kanye. But and now uh, he's very evangelical conservative Kanye where like, you know, he's trying not to curse in his songs and stuff. And I just think that's a crock of shit. Yeah, it's, it's you know, weird. It's, it's weird from him specifically. Like, he, I always felt not that he was like Eminem levels of vulgar where he was trying to be vulgar, but he was a vulgar rapper. He, I mean, his sex songs are like, he's been in the studio criminally horny. Absolutely. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, Kanye's a sicko, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We love him for it. And, yeah. And, it, but um, you're right. And the evangelical turn is one that I like. I did not really see see coming. But even before the evangelical turn, I think to get to like being a white Christian, he had to be like a white capitalist first. And even like his music, when you look at even college dropouts to watch the throne, 
Watch the Throne is, we talked about this in the last episode, that's capitalism raps, baby. Yeah. That is, um, we love it. We love it. What? Like every single song on that album is crazy. We yeah. love it. It's beautiful. I called it high capitalist art. I say like, <laughs> like maybe the peak. Like that was really, you know. Yeah, then with an American flag and a fucking Chevrolet drag card, you know, dragging around both of them while they're rapping, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's that's yeah. Nice. I mean, at least they donated the Maybach to a good cause. They donated to charity after the video. I heard, I heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I that's did cool. hear that. So they're, they're massive sign of opulence. They, you know, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, you know, you got to realize. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was kind of disappointed to see your tweets that were like in line with our viewpoints talking about. You know, they wanted to debate today. I wouldn't have this problem if they let our man Bernie, if they didn't rig it against him. I was hoping maybe you'd have like different views on this so we could argue about it a little bit. But yeah, no, we're like fully in line. I think, I think we started last episode just doing like our speculation and what like we thought was coming down the pipeline with the presidential election. Mm -hmm. So, like, what was so before we like pop out the Forbes article? And we should talk about the movie a little more before we do. But what was your like initial reaction when you saw the presidential run? When Kanye announced it? Yeah. Uh, all right. So I'm gonna. This is we're gonna disclose a little information. Um, I've been working after after the release of Young Kanye. We've been getting a lot of requests to make this into a series. Okay. So I did. I am working on an episode, and I had this in mind a couple of days ago, like three days before Kanye announced his run, where. Jermaine and another character would be running for student government, and then young Kanye jumps in last minute to try to steal the race. I, I will show you text messages and proof that this is the fact. My buddy Ty is here with me and helped me write it. <laughs> listen, it, the story writes itself. Like, it really does. Yeah. I'm not, yo, listen, it does take a Kanye to last minute enter an election, make it about him. Like, it, it, it does write itself. You're not like, but damn, man, Nostradamus over here. It's crazy. I mean, like, I, you know, like it was, he was talking about that Kanye 2020 talk, like my, like my senior year. So like 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was talking about it. And I, you know, I was like jacking Kanye 2020 at that point too. And I was like, you know, a big Kanye fan. And I was like, oh, this would be cool. Like, I think, you know, he'd be all about the arts and he'd be a rich liberal and like, all right, cool. But you know, he took that turn. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I saw it in the horizon. I, I definitely, I saw it in the horizon and I feel like, you know, he might be chatting and just doing a press run for his album or, not but who knows it's 2020 I, I really i have no idea anymore so I, I i saw the memes that were like the real kanye fans no it's just album promo mm -hmm. and at that point i was like i started thinking about it. i'm like you know what that, that, that that's right that's it but after the forbes article today and we even said on the last step we were like you know maybe 2024 it's too late but now it really looks like he is a, he is a serious contender in this 2020 election or he very much wants to be taken as seriously as he wants which is crazy that I, I I don't know if he's a serious contender. I do think he's going to get votes. There's definitely going to be a lot of people voting for him, and it, it worries me when it comes to Florida, Pennsylvania, and the other swing states. Yep. Especially when he's rolling through the suburbs. But I mean, Trump. I think Trump will win those regardless. But it's 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 interesting, and you know, people are saying he's going to take the black vote from Joe Biden, which is just a whole other conversation in itself. And I'd love to dive in. Yeah, you know what? So when you talked about majority white fans, I, my mind immediately went to, so there's been this spat on Twitter between, and maybe I'm getting this wrong, Deborah Messing, I think, 
Yeah, I have the tweet right here. Oh, oh really? That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So and and the the wild shit to me is it's like I don't know that there like this assumption that the black vote is gonna go for Kanye because he's a rapper is maybe more racist than the implication that the Democrats own black votes. It's Absolutely. Wild. Yeah, like I mean Joe Joe Biden what two weeks ago was telling me like if you're not voting for me, you ain't black. Like I can't stand Joe Biden. He's really just proven himself more and more again to be as racist as he was in 1994 when he wrote that crime bill. No, I yeah. agree. I think the whole Democratic Party is doing that, especially with like Nancy Pelosi taking a knee with that fucking Kente claw. I swear to God, I, ever since then, I've been just I've <laughs> disgusted with everything the, that they the fucking, fucking Kente cough is tough, I gotta say. Yeah, I just like woke up and saw that shit. That's like the first thing I saw when I looked on Twitter. Yeah. And it's just like, God damn, that's how I gotta start my day. Yeah. <laughs> like, Yo, the, the if you're not black, you know, if you're not voting for Biden, you're not black, comment to Charlemagne the God. To me, proved not only like that he's racist, but just how incompetent you've got to be to say that. Not just in general, but to Charlemagne. Yeah, that is <laughs> that is a wild thing. Charlemagne, of course, is on CNN the next day saying this, that, the third Joe Biden's gonna get. Like Charlemagne is the worst person you could have picked <laughs> to say that to. Hands down, no political instincts on this man, despite decades of politics. And I'll never understand it. Like, I really don't. And I mean, I don't know. You saw how Nina Turner clapped back. Yeah, big time. That's my girl. Karen, yeah, Nina's awesome. I mean, that was Bernie's campaign manager and probably would have been his VP if he, you know, made it in. Mm -hmm. But um, she said over 40% of young black voters prefer progressive policies over popularity in general. And I think that's super important because, I mean, like, that's, that's what the film was diving into is, like, celebrity worship and obsession and, like, just resonating with a person rather than policy and i think we should all be focusing on policy especially in this day and age Mm -hmm. you know who cares if donald trump is a reality tv show show star but clearly this guy has no idea what he's doing he didn't know what populism meant six years ago or eight years ago when he was um, thinking about running for president in 2016 Mm -hmm. he invented his own new brand of populism and it's it's so interesting but i i specifically so Oh, you said so much that I want to touch on, but let right, me start. Real, let me real start quick, here. Real quick. Oh, populism. What do you mean? Because I'm not exactly. Populism is like it's appealing to like so, and this is good for the listeners too. Yeah, yeah. So populism is basically my understanding of it is this. I'm more familiar with the left's populism, which is uh, you. You are you're giving people popular policies that they want. It's oh, the, you're offering yeah, these people like right. Medicare for I, all. I see what you're saying. But Trump yeah. gives them build that wall. Yeah. which is like it's a new brand and meanwhile hillary clinton back in 2016 not to relitigate this but it was like america is already great so that's not really popular you're not really appealing to any popular thing you're yeah. just like you know you, so but that that's like a very rough definition of what populism yeah. is. it's like, it's like res- resonating with like the working class like like policies that like you know like you're, you're trying to build up a base of like you know the people are going to get you in the majority of people the populace and like um, you know, Trump obviously uses fear as his tactic to, to get that support. Bernie was using policy and hope. Mm-hmm. And then you have Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden and, you know, even unfortunately Obama, who are just trying to maintain the status quo. Yep. And I mean, that's, that's really what it boils down to. Yeah. No, it, 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 and it's, it's tough. It's almost as if they would prefer this, this, to slide into fascism or have Trump rather than break the status quo. Breaking the status quo to them is, I think, more threatening 
than than Trump is. And and I have this analysis of it where it's not even that they're outraged by Trump's policies, really. Because, you know, and there's the obvious point you can make, like Obama and Biden built the cages that the kids are in. And and specifically, you talk about the kids in cages thing, because that's kind of what people will throw at you when you, you talk about the Joe Biden vote. And especially with the Kanye thing, when people are trying to, you know, oh, he's going to, Kanye's stealing away the Biden vote. It's so important. There are kids in cages right now. It's like the obvious clapback is, well, you know, they built those cages. And, yeah. and the tough thing is, I think a lot of, I think all the well-meaning people, and, and it's my personal philosophy, there's more well-meaning people than the cynics out there. But all the well-meaning people, that, that, that's some of that concerns them, and they want to vote against that. And I think they've been told Joe Biden's the one to do it. And if he is, I hope so. But I think it's not really policy with these people. What they hate about Trump is that he's given the game away. He's exactly. grumbling the faith people have in institutions. He yeah. says the quiet part out loud. I, absolutely. And I mean, like, I've been saying it. Um, Donald Trump becoming president enables a Kanye West to become president or yeah I'm trying to think of the most outspoken ridiculous celebrity other than those two but I I talk about shattering institutions you're touching on the same thing where when he won in 2016 the rules were forever broken yeah and it's actually funny I don't know that that was the turning point you went to I know you went to Brooklyn College you so you've done like your deep dive into New York hip-hop right yeah. yeah All right, so you, you, are you familiar with your Jadakiss? You, you've done all that? So his, one of his best songs, Why, he talks about a, a monk accusing Bush of knocking down the Twin Towers in 2004, which was like a wild thing to say. He also said... Oral technique too, remember? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, he, there, was, there was a small group of them, not many. They were the minority. And uh, he also makes it a point to say, the Terminator just won the election. Come on, pay attention. And it's like, you listen to that line now, and you, exactly what you're talking about, the celebrity culture getting out of hand, Trump leads to Kanye West. In a lot of ways, the Terminator leads to Donald Trump. It was this entertainment tizing of culture. And Reagan, Reagan was an actor. And, you know, that's almost a different kind of thing. It's almost like he was chosen as an actor to act out a certain role. But, you know, it's, it's still, it shows when politics became more fantasy than reality. You know? Absolutely. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. And it's just, uh, I don't know, but specifically on the, oh man, I just, you're spot on, dude. I I love that you have the same analysis as us. I figured as much, I'm watching your movie. I'm relating to the points it makes it like, it it, it checks out, dude. That's awesome. I love that, man. Yeah. Seriously to the listeners, go watch that shit. Yeah. 15 minutes of your time. There's a, there's a hilarious moment where this kid is in bed wearing Yeezys and shutter shades (laughs) at the same time. And, and it, you only briefly pan toward, uh, uh, wet for over the Yeezys. And if you catch it, you will bust out whatever. That shit, that shit's really good. Please watch it. Oh. Anthony, that, a- Anthony Carvello is the actor that played young Kanye. I was going to ask. I was going to ask. Yeah, so um, Marquise Wood played Jermaine, and Anthony Carvello played young Kanye. And then when it came to the Ahmed character in um, the library, that was Kevin Gonzalez. So... I had a killer cast, and I mean, they were just super invested, and, you know, we had a lot of rehearsals, but Anthony on set, when it came to that, he's like, you know, he he comes up to me, like, we didn't plan on him being half naked in the bed with the jacket on. (laughs) I honestly don't remember, like, how far we were trying to go when it came to style, like, style-wise. Yeah. But he just came up to me, he's like, yo, can I just be in my drawers in a jacket with my my Yeezys on, with the the glasses on? And I'm like, sure. Like, that sounds awesome. (laughs) 
And then the DP, uh, Josh, he's in my also my producer, and he's like, ask the girls first on set if this is okay. Like, you know, <laughs> and like, everyone was like, yeah, of course. And, you know, he jumped right in. And that dude, Anthony, in the best way possible, is crazy. Like, he was so invested in that role. He's the definition of a method actor, I think. Don't kill me, Anthony, from using the terminology <laughs> on acting. But he's a method actor, I believe. And, you know, like, method actors basically engulf themselves in the role completely. Yeah. And, like, like, even, like, during when we're not shooting a take, he's still young Kanye. So it's like, like, he has to break out of it. It's amazing. That idea only comes from young Kanye's mind. That, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I love that so much. Yeah, that, that outfit isn't happening unless he's sitting off set thinking with young Kanye's brain. Yeah. Who wrote the rap that, um... I'm, I'm not, not taking gonna... the rap. No, I'm not a rapper. So, um, Marquise, he's a rapper. Like, okay. also top of acting and stuff he's a successful actor but also he's a rapper and basically i just gave him some ideas like what i want this disc to be about like you know we're just gonna touch on all these different points like you know like go straight at his privilege go straight for his tone deafness and you know write it to false prophets Mm. and all right say less i got you and he sends me and i'm like wow this is dope and i think after like you know two back and forths on like some notes came back with what the final product was and i loved it it was awesome yeah no i really loved it i, I was like I, I was like i did they pay a ghostwriter like mm-hmm. who did this like <laughs> yeah no that that's super interesting i uh i loved the the i mean like i noticed early i didn't know that you kind of actually wrote it to be kanye and j cole as roommates but i did just notice from what you laid out like that it from the you know the idea presented in the film those were the two ends of the spectrum you laid out i didn't even think of it as kanye and cole's roommates but obviously that's what it is but do you do you what is it that makes you feel like those are the two ends of the spectrum i think the false like this is like false prophets in a short film okay i like that a lot yeah yeah. i I really like when he dropped false prophets that was also my freshman year of college like Mm -hmm. Young Kanye moved out by that point, actually. Okay. <laughs> it was the end of the semester, and I remember it was, like, my last class. Like, I was sitting in some stupid, like, film literature class or whatever, and I get the notification that Cole dropped something in his False Prophets and I'm watching that video, and he's just going off straight. At, like, he's going straight for Kanye, and I'm like, wow, like, he's saying some facts right here. And I'm like, I just dealt with a crazy dude that really <laughs> nothing wrong with what Kanye is doing. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot to unpack there, and, like, I just – I don't know, like, the story wrote itself, and it was a two-year process. This is easily the longest thing I've ever worked on, like, in, like, yeah. a span. So that was pretty cool to actually have that process. Yeah, fully executed. Yeah, no, the details are definitely there, and it can be seen. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Thank you. Uh, definitely good work. Yeah. No, Um. I, yeah, and it's because that actually makes perfect sense to me. Because, and, and, you know, I, part of what I was thinking is, you know, when you look at the spectrum of hip-hop, there's a lot of different um places you can go and there's a lot of spectrums that are more extreme diametrically opposed to each other and i'd even argue that like kanye and j cole probably have more similar fan bases than like some rappers but when you when you really break it down like they really do represent kind of different ideologies especially i think in um when it comes to like your responsibility as a rapper or a public figure and like what that means and Cole himself was talking about how he feels it's like we, in that interview that you played in the movie, if he feels it's weird when people come up to him and are like, you're my idol. It's like, no, I'm like a dude. Like, yeah, you know, and 
and you know, someone like Kanye is someone who that energizes him. And and I think that is how, and I wanted to talk to you about this as, as someone who's clearly a Kanye fan too. How do we think he got to the Christian Kanye mode? And I think part of it for me is like, it is that he likes that idolization and the cult thing seems honestly like in retrospect, a natural progression. Yeah. It does. I feel like he's been talking about this since the Sway interview. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like 2013, like he's been speaking a lot of these things into existence. And like in 2013, when he's going off on Sway, we're like, what the fuck is this dude talking about? Yeah. And I mean, well, his, his diehard's like, oh no, he's, he's speaking to an existence. He knows what he's doing. And I'm like, yo, that's why I think it's so scary because he's doing it and he has people that believe in him to do it. Yeah. So when his message gets type evil, and like he's enabling evil people and stuff. I think this is where it gets a little scary because yeah. he has power and like he has a lot of power over these people. Yeah, it's it's a cult. It is. 100%. And I was in the cult at the time of the Sway interview. I was one of the people who defended Jesus as an album, which I think in retrospect a lot of people have come around. On. People, I have to. I, I was a hater at first, but naturally, like yeah, I, I, I was on the right side of history on that one. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, I mean, he. Kanye did it himself with the new shit. So, I mean, clearly it makes Jesus look amazing. So, yeah. Oh, trust, trust, 100%. So, I was still well in the cult. And I really, I I wrote my essay. We, we all went to school around the same time. So, I wrote my essay post way interview. I really listened to that shit. And I was like, nah, there's some nuggets of truth in here. I really thought that you could mine out like a coherent political ideology that made sense as a countercultural thing. And I think at the time it was because I related to this kind of manic genius kind of, you know, outsider thing, which isn't a trope that doesn't exist elsewhere in hip hop. I think there's a lot of that outsider kind of fuck you chip on my shoulder. You can find that in a lot of people. Russ. Russ is a prime example. I was just thinking Russ too. Yeah. Yeah, Russ is one of those people who was like, oh, I made this beat in 15 minutes and I added the snare this way. Not not many people add the snare, to, you know, mm-hmm. some real woke, stupid ass shit that really don't, yeah. mean, you know. But Russ, Russ man, that's, that's my hot take happens. on Russ. Not really a hot take because a lot of people hate that man. But anyway, continue. no, 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 no. I, I, I think you're spot on. Like there is a, well, that, that's like a breed. Like there is, yeah. <laughs> there is a breed of people who I guess want to inspire to be, I guess J. Cole like in their like rapping, I guess in their like aesthetic, you know, just being woke and being, I guess, a level above or a, a mind or level above people, you know? Yeah, he, cause J. Cole, I think, is like, there's a couple different types of conscious rappers. And like right now, you brought up Kendrick and Cole. Mm-hmm. I think Kendrick and Cole are like different but similar and, and so different from, I think, the conscious rappers that like came before them. Like they, there's like a more, and, Shit, I'd say both are actually more like what you were saying in line with like Democrats. Like it's it's not, I don't think either of them are like crazy extreme. Even J. Cole took time to like kind of distance himself from some of the more radical people in the Black Lives Matter movement with the song, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't yeah, think ever actually. I've been, I've been thinking about like where Cole would fall. Like, cause like, I mean, like obviously we see the beef between No Name and Cole. I mean, we're not going to call it a beef, but disagreement. Disagreement. It's yeah. a beef by the fans, but. Um, she's a communist. She's straight up self-declared Marxist. She's yeah. communist. And yeah. Cole has spoken in the past on how he he aligns with Bernie Sanders, and he's like a socialist, like you know, democratic socialist. On that, it's like it's it's all a spectrum. Obviously, all politics are. So like, it's it's interesting to place these guys where like you think they are at least. Yeah. But on what they say, 
Yeah, it's hard. I, I, Cole's hard to nail down. And I think, but I do think it represents at least just as far, maybe not speaking party politics, but speaking this particular issue. I think his response to no name is representative of like a larger response people have been having to this movement and just some of the more radical people in it where it's like, hold on, am I the bad guy? Like, don't, don't get mad at me. And, and, and it's funny to see that reaction come from, cause I think you see that reaction with white people, obviously. They feel, oh, I'm the enemy of this movement. It's not, ooh, like there's this fear kind of jump. With J. Cole, it, it was a similar jump of like, hold on, don't call me out for not being educated. Like it was like, I, I'm not the bad guy here, kind of kind of reflex. And it was interesting to see that come from someone who is like a, a leading voice in like the hip hop community to feel like, oh shit, am I going to get called out as a bad guy? Because I don't think anyone really was. But it does show this kind of, and I was definitely, I love No Name, and I was definitely like on No Name's side. And this is so good. I, I feel like it was bad timing for the song, personally. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Because I mean, and and that's a whole other thing. But yeah, it was just like read the room, dude. Like you know. Yeah. But but I do think it is representative. To give him some credit, it's representative of a reaction. I think a lot of people have been having to just like, hold, ooh, hold on, I'm not the bad guy here. Like I, I am with the cause, but just not fully. And I do think those people. And and here's the question we've been debating: mm -hmm. Can can these people be worked with? and kind of brought to these more radical positions and, and worked in. And that's actually interesting. I didn't hear too much about J. Cole supporting Bernie, but that's awesome. Uh, I, yeah, if you, you find an article, it was around 2016. He's like, I'm not, I w I'm not voting for Hillary. And I, he said he didn't vote, but if he was going to vote, he would vote for Bernie or something. Mm -hmm. like that. You find the article. And I mean, on brackets, he talks about, you know, taxes and how our governments fail us and yep. our system's not for us. Like his raps are very in line with what Bernie's talking about. A hundred percent. But when it comes to that, I don't know if being radical in anything is ever good. Personally, like I, I don't know. Like I, I, I didn't even think No Name when I first heard Snow on the Bluff. I honestly thought, like I just thought of a friend I had who, um, they constantly like instead of trying to have a civil conversation about a disagreement when we're usually on the same side and want the same thing, it's yeah. be like snap, you're like fuck you, go read a, go Google it or read a book, like. Yeah, 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 not even have like something valuable to say, but just like attack you for it because you don't know or you're not on the same like not on the same wavelength as them. Yeah, when like I I'm always the one like if my friends like don't understand what I'm talking about or you know we're not understanding we'll have a conversation over a joint or a drink or something. Yeah, talk about it and like learn from it, and I feel like that's the only way we can solve most of the yeah. issues in the world. I agree, man, and this is something we've been talking about that it's just it's gone too far. Um, as far as dividing, it divides people up. And I literally went as far as to say it's like maybe purposefully done or, or led a certain way to be that toxic by uh, agents of whoever who want to kind of move the discourse in a, in a toxic, divisive way that doesn't help the, the lower classes realize their common struggle and unite. Yeah, we and all have a common exactly. thing. Yeah. If everybody would just realize that, it would make things better. Yeah. You know how to do that? Legalize weed. We've been saying Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think really everybody, if everybody smoked weed, they would see through the government facade. But that's just oh. another wild opinion. That, 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 <laughs> hey, he's not wrong. And I do think someone like No Name and, and, and people like Jake Cole and, and they're – is so much more in common there than especially there, even when you even compare to most of the other infighting. Um, I mean, 
there is no reason for all of them to to be this at each other's throats. Yeah. And we're right, bad timing. And like, I I really did not love because I said I was shocked to hear J Cole was pro Bernie because I feel like he's been awfully quiet. Uh, you know, just on on political issues over the past couple of years. You know, it's subtle, and maybe that's an artistic choice and and one that I could probably respect. <laughs> But I, I was almost shocked to hear it. So, but then it almost, that's what made it not add up when he released the song. It was like, all of a sudden he wants to speak on this, but to say like, hey, stop being too radical. I don't want to read. <laughs> like, you know, like, and, it, and it was, it just, it, the, the tone of it was like, dude, read the room. But, yeah. it, but at the same time, I do agree with some of the sentiment in that. And I do, uh, you know, I, I, I got to say, I love J. Cole. I, um, I went to Dollar and a Dream tour when he first did it, a dollar show and he came back to North Carolina for the first time to do it. And it was the second summer he did it. And he didn't uh, announce was, it. Was it the warm-up anniversary? It was, yep, it was the warm-up anniversary. Yeah, this, is before, this is before I was allowed in New York City alone and I was begging my mom to go and she wouldn't let me. <laughs> yep, I had to sneak out, dude. I had to sneak out fully. I went. I was going to my friend Ryan's house for the day. And I, 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 I done they did not announce the venue till noon. And we looked online at all the different venues and see who had shows that night. And we narrowed it down to two places. We took a gamble. We pulled up to one. There was already, because it was close to an HBCU that, that Cole has shouted out before. So we're like, all right, this, this, this is probably it. There was a line already three blocks down. Eventually, people started moshing like back Friday. We got in. They only let 800 people in. And I was probably the only white kid up front, young as hell, my Wu-Tang shirt, like and and my bucket hat <laughs> and just in this sea of people and I somehow get pushed to the very front row and cold during like dollar in a, in a dream everyone starts pulling their dollars out and I was I think I I'm not gonna say I was the first to pull a dollar out but I was early and he saw me <laughs> saw me pull the dollar out and earlier he had dapped me up about my Wu Tang shirt he was like hey I like your shirt up and he was just so intimate and cool with the crowd but he came right up signed my dollar bill. And that was like my first hip hop show. I snuck out to go see it. This is before I had like snuck out to see Flatbush. Like this is early in my, in my exposure to hip hop. And it was just like, Oh shit. He's, this is like a good dude. Like, and so I know Cole at his core. I mean, even when I like that was an experience that brought me into hip hop, made me feel, feel welcome, mm -hmm. made me feel like part of this community that I had always respected and loved. Yeah. And like, and, and that type of solidarity, like someone who's going to foster that in the community, I can't look at them and be like, Oh, this is someone who's like acting out of ill will. Like, I think he had good intentions with that song. Yeah. I personally do too. And I mean, I thought personally, no names tweet was out of pocket because Cole and Kendrick don't tweet at all and use social media at all. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Cole, I remember vividly Cole being one of the first people in Ferguson and he honestly didn't, the only reason he talked to Complex is because the reporter was a friend of Dreamville or something like that, but he didn't even want to talk to him. Mm -hmm. He's been outside and I mean, he made a whole album about four, I mean, he made Four Years Only, which touches on all these issues. KOD touches on a lot of these issues. And yep. I mean, you know, I, I just feel like he's a big guy that's more focused on policy rather than resonating with an individual figure who obviously is not going to follow through on these promises like Obama, for example. Yeah. And I'd actually go a little further and, and to connect this all back. And so um, the reason I think Kendrick and, and Cole don't try to lean in and use their celebrity as like a political voice is because I don't think they want to be They're They're not the type of toxic person that Kanye is. 
if they don't want to lean in and, and use the platform that they've built, I think partially they also know that most of the people that are on their platform are in agreement with these. I don't think like there are a lot of Kendrick Lamar fans out there that disagree with the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, exactly. So like, what good does his tweet really do? That's a whole other discussion. But I think they're not trying to like build a cult of personality or a political cult or do any of these larger things. I think at their core, they're artists just trying to make music. And when Cole yeah. wants to pop up at a Fayetteville protest, that's great. And I actually, I was marching somewhere else in North Carolina when he popped up in Fayetteville for that protest. And are you guys based in North Carolina? Yeah, yeah. we are. Oh, dope. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And um, so literally the word started to spread through the crowd that J. Cole was marching in another city. And I literally saw people get like hype. Like, oh, it was like J. Cole was a part of our march. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like people yeah. were really super hype about that. And like that, sh- that show of solidarity is so meaningful and like can't be discounted. But I do think no name also has a fucking point and people do now is the time for people to step up and be radical and you know maybe rappers do need to find a better way to do that or a greater role in doing that i don't know what that would look like but it definitely does not look like what kanye is doing (laughs) how how do you think we can move i guess the hip-hop landscape away from you know, such as capitalistic mindset. I've been thinking about this myself because, you know, I, I just hate the, the way that things are. But, you know, how, how, do you, how do you do that? Is that putting on free shows, you know, just doing shit for the culture, you know, that people like? I, I don't know, you know? What, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I mean, I think... That's a very loaded question. I, I, think, about, <laughs> I think about this Baby Goyard tweet I saw where he was like, Man, y'all be talking about communism all day, this, that, and the third. How, how, what are y'all about to rap about? Farming? <laughs> I was like, I started dying laughing. There's, there's some truth to that. But I think hip-hop's always been material, about aspirational on some level. Mm-hmm. But you go back, you listen to Public Enemy, you listen to rap in the 90s that was super conscious. Maybe you could argue even more conscious than the current shit we have as far as really actively speaking out against like current topics and shit. And I think what you, you to get to build back to that and to make to adapt it for the modern day, what hip hop has to look like is honestly something that j- someone like J. Cole and someone like Kendrick does. Kendrick mm-hmm. and J. Cole also have majority white audiences. And unlike Kanye, I don't think they misuse these majority white audiences and, and direct them in a wrong way. I think they actually kind of direct them in a good way. And my point about the J. Cole story was kind of he when I was kind of brought this up on the podcast before, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Chris, like when I was a teen, white teenager trying to get into hip hop culture and dress a certain way and like it, I only ever heard don't do that from white people. Mm-hmm. I only ever heard like, that's not for you from white people. When I was at a hip hop show, it was welcome. Let's like, let's have a party. It was never, it was, yeah. Yeah. that was always my experience. And I think building solidarity and connecting people I mean, this is my best friend of 10 years right next to me. And I mean, he put me on to most of the hip hop culture. Hey. So, like, he just validated that too. He's like, yeah, I'm not, I was never the one to criticize you. And like, that's fast. Yeah. I totally exactly. agree. But I it was that. never, it always came. And I think, cause those are the people who subconsciously understand that separating people is how they maintain the class structure that benefits them. Yeah. And they don't want little white kids chanting, fuck the police at a Flatbush zombie show. That's bad. <laughs> Look at the protests now. Look yeah, exactly. And, and yo, if you don't think hip hop has played a crazy role in that, you're bugging. Like, yeah. I mean, like, 
I can attribute a lot of like my passion for so like, this is funny because like my passion for social justice stemmed around Ferguson when Mike Brown got killed. Yeah, I got my tooth pulled, my wisdom teeth pulled. So it was like the like maybe two days after um he got killed and the riot, the, the protests and the riots started happening in Ferguson. That's all that's on CNN for the next two weeks. Yeah. So my recovery from these wisdom teeth because it was bad. Like I was in bed like off painkillers for the next two weeks. Yeah. My eyes were glued on CNN cold drops be free and i'm just researching at that point i'm just looking things up and learning and like that's that's what set it straight through i was like in 10th grade i was 16 at the time and i feel like yeah he definitely his music definitely did guide me to like that is and the, the social so i'm gonna take i love that so much that yeah. is and and yeah and i think that is that's that's the mm-hmm. hip hop that is that yeah is exactly what you're talking and about you, and you see that with little baby he dropped that song Bigger yeah. picture. I love that song. Yeah, I, I like that song a lot. Yeah. And you know, I hope that same thing happens with some kid because every every kid is out of school right now. You know, they see that, they hear little baby. You know, that might be some white kid's little favorite rapper, and they can you know, yeah, not be racist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you saw some white kid in the lifted yeah. truck bumping that song. Right? Uh, yeah, I think so. that was so fucking crazy. I was like going up, um, I was like driving up the main street of my town, right? And <laughs> there's this guy in this big ass lifted truck, and I and like big tires, and I was like. We're going up to the stoplight. This man's about to be this racist fuck. And I immediately, my my mind went to that stereotype of this redneck, uh-huh. you know. But he's in there bumping a little baby, and I'm just like, right. I got to sit over there and look. I'm like, damn, that's that's all right, <laughs> you know. Maybe, maybe we're not so maybe maybe we're not all so bad, you know? yeah, yeah, but yeah. No, and it's just it, 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 it. Luckily, Kanye is in a league of his own right now. I think with the like very Republican kind of talking points. And so my initial reaction when he ran was, okay, all right, maybe this is a departure from Donald Trump. Maybe this is him going in another direction. Maybe like, maybe, you know, this is really just him making his great point against the Democrats and the black vote. And I kind of, and immediately my head went to what you were talking about. George Bush doesn't care about black people. I'm like, you know, I kind of would maybe, and I've been so disenfranchised. Like, I'm probably going to end up begrudgingly voting for Joe Biden in the end, but I'm not thrilled about it. So, like, I heard Kanye, and for a second, my brain kind of lit up. The 16-year-old me was like, oh, President Kanye. And you were talking about when he announced it at the VMAs, you were, like, kind of on board with it. I remember when he announced it at the VMAs. At the time, I was like, I'd vote for Kanye. Like, you know, <laughs> I, and, and I think um, it – so, at first, I really had this kind of, you know, this reaction – and then my also inclination was to kind of disagree with liberals who were claiming that this was like a project to take a, like purposefully with work with Trump to fuck up the election. Cause my thought is I really do think it'll take more votes away from Trump than Democrat. Like my inclination is to believe that, you know, it, it, it's more Republican people that are now like rah, rah, Kanye yeah. or like the white kids who are Republicans that like might yeah. actually vote. Con- I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily see it so much. I think the black community has left them largely. Yeah. Somewhat. You know? And that's what, but, but then I, I do know a lot of black people that still listen to, I still bump Kanye's old stuff, but like, you know, yeah, it, I don't know. It, it, but then I read the article and I kind of mm-hmm. disagreed with this like liberal take of like, Oh, he's working with Trump. But I read this Forbes article and I gotta say, he really takes like no shots at Trump. 
and is just like going after Biden. And listen, yeah. I get it. And I get the anger at the Democrats for thinking that the black vote is theirs. Mm-hmm. But this article, man, I got I got to read y'all some outtakes. I think y'all y'all find this pretty pretty <laughs> hilarious. So <laughs> he did say I'm taking the red hat off with this interview. So that was kind of but that was about as anti-Trump as he got. He didn't really materially like criticize him. He did say uh, he's okay with siphoning off black votes from the Democratic nominee. He said, I am not denying it. I just told you to say that the black vote is Democratic is a form of racism and white supremacy. That's fair. I think that's a fair point. And that's probably the one thing about this Kanye bid that I do like to see. And this was the positive feeling I had is, okay, maybe this is going to force Joe Biden's hand into appealing to the black community, try to win back some of these imagined lost vote votes. I don't even want to see how that's going to play out. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Joe Biden's about to walk out to a Jadakus song. Yeah. Dude, I, bro, I'm, it's 2020. I, I'm not going to be surprised at <laughs> Yeah, I really don't put anything past anything now, you know? Yeah, after <laughs> Tom Steyer was twerking on stage to back that ass up. <laughs> and then he drops out that night. I did peep that Kanye said, like, he, he expressed some admiration. He said that Trump is the closest president we've had in years to allowing God to still be part of the conversation. So I was going to read this. The part where he gets crazy Christian, like, I'm so glad you brought that up, dude. Literally, that was my next one. The part, he gets crazy Christian with it. And that's the part that terrifies me. He's really seriously talking about, we got to bring God back to America. What does that mean? <laughs> what? Like, what? Like, dog, that's terrible. I don't know. I don't want to go to a mandatory Kanye West Sunday service. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the antithesis of what America stands for. It's always been a separation of church and state. Or yeah. Try at least. So, like, yeah, putting prayer back in schools and stuff like that. Like, no, yeah. Like, he literally specifically name dropped that policy, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's his, that's his first campaign for his platform. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. I'm glad I'm out of school now. <laughs> yeah, no, literally, dog. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to do yeah. the Kanye West prayer at the beginning of class. Yeah, I mean, so that's I think the stuff that terrifies me most. I also he talks about like I want to make Elon Musk the head of space travel, which is like okay. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, you ever seen the movie Passengers? Y'all seen that? No, I haven't. I haven't no, but y'all should watch it. It's basically two people wake up on a space station. They were supposed to be in cryo sleep. They wake up too early. And they don't have credits to buy the shit on the on the on the space thing, so they gotta like hack into the machines to eat. But basically, <laughs> that's where we're all gonna be on Elon Musk cruise ships with vending machines. If with him as the head of space, I don't like where that goes for my grandkids. Not that I'm gonna be on the spaceship, but if they, but at least there'll be spaceships when shit melts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so who? I don't know. Yeah, be the fact that Kim, Kim, and Elon are going to be his top advisors. And that's what he cited. Yeah. I mean, cause I think, I think a ton, the demise of Kanye West is directly at the hands of Kim Kardashian and the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tough, but I, I agree with that. Yeah. And I, I'm scared. That's, that's the scary part about all of this. Cause I mean, that's the definition of celebrity worship right there with Kim and Kylie. And that's party. why I almost think that family was like catnip to Kanye West. It's like inevitable. Because that kind of fame and attention, I mean, not only is that perfect for him, he's perfect for them. 
I mean, of yeah. course they want it. Like Kanye is the headline maker. Like, you know, that is Chris Jenner's wet dream. Like <laughs> full stop. And uh, you're right. I mean, and, and it's crazy. I wish I had something deeper to say about celebrity culture. Cause I think we're tiptoeing around it so hard, but I just, and, and maybe it is grown out of just this huge wealth disparity where you kind of almost have to project yourself onto these people who do have true freedom because you at the bottom in the little cave, you don't have as much more. So you ascribe to these larger figures because yeah. you yourself don't feel like you can embody all that. And I don't know. I think young Kanye is a pretty good encapsulation of that yeah. for real. That was my goal. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, man. Appreciate yeah. that. No, for real. And, and I think uh, it, it doesn't, it, you know, I want to say it shows how dangerous celebrity culture can be, but holy shit, we have not even remotely seen how dangerous celebrity culture can be, my friend. I am worried about the next couple of years. Another yeah. four years, we'll see. We're gonna be, yeah. uh, maybe another quarantine or something soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. who knows? Yeah, yeah I think well, nothing's out of the realm of possibility. This is why I said, I was like, when, when Kanye announced, I made a tweet, and I was like, I can only imagine Kanye getting a briefing on ISIS and the keeping up with the Kardashians camera crews in the Oval Office. (laughs) (laughs) To say that that's not out of the realm of possibility now. Like, anything could happen. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not ruling anything out. Yeah, shit. How, what, I don't even know how legally that would work. You probably Uh, could film a reality TV show. I mean, we see what Trump's doing. Clearly, there's no law when it comes to the podcast. (laughs) That's a fucking grim thought. We can't just leave the podcast on that. Yeah. That's, that's fucking depressing, dude. Come on. Yeah. We need something better. (laughs) Oh, my God. No, honestly, I, I mean, I, I think the obvious thing is there's no shot, Kanye. Um, actually gets in the white house mm-hmm. i mean listen people said this about trump though so who the fuck really knows i think yeah, this year i mean i could see trump i mean i could see kanye in 2024 2028 you know what I, I really i really maybe could especially if he really starts building and honing those political points hires me as a political translator um but yeah nah. have some job security <laughs> yeah 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 or not really though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never know in the White House. No, no <laughs> for real. But I do think um, if anything good comes out of Kanye using his celebrity power, um, just like there has been a little bit of good to come out of Kim's celebrity power, they have freed some people with Trump and like worked in politics. So like, if there's anything good to come out of Kanye's presidential bid, I do think it's going to be Democrats very quickly and very embarrassingly trying to cover their ass and win back this imagined black loss and what that looks like i'm not exactly sure but hopefully it actually looks like um the reform that people are calling for you know they need to start picking up medicare for all college mm-hmm. for all and i mean a lot of attorneys platform i feel like yeah. that's what would have solved a lot of these class issues because i think um racial justice is economic justice at the end of the point, or vice versa you know what i mean so yes. like one- once you solve economic problems, you can solve a lot of racial problems too. Because there won't be a divide. Because I mean, it's a competition for resources right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's not, I don't want to say that broad of a point with racism, but you know, I it think is that's a big part of it. No, you're spot on. Politics is who gets what, who eats, who what food is going on what table. Mm-hmm. And to make politics anything else, it does it this. When people look at it as a game or like this contest of power, that's not what it is. It really is an argument about resources. And 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 truly, you hit the nail on the head about. You know, 
these economic issues are race issues. It's so closely tied. And something we've talked about on this show, not to go too over, but like, you know, they've really made it about the ruling class and the media has done a great job of making this moment specifically about race and, and, mm-hmm. and, and building up this race anxiety when really I think this moment doesn't happen without COVID. This mo- mo- movement doesn't happen without the great economic disparities. This movement doesn't happen without Bernie getting shot. There are so many things that were the, the many straws that broke the camel's back and we could go on all day, but it is, it's about those issues. And let's hope that, cause it doesn't look like it's going to happen without outside influence. Let's hope that Kanye can push them to those exact policies you were talking about. I think I, if they, let's let Kanye give him a scare. Cause he sure is. People are scared, terrified right now. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate this. This is an awesome conversation. And I'm, like, I'm excited about your show because it's like everything I fall in line with. So that's awesome. Sick. That's great, man. No, dude, we like loved having you on for real. This was a great episode. Yeah, yeah for real. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Of course. Awesome of course. conversation. Good luck with everything, man. Thank you. And let's keep in touch. I mean, I was supposed yeah. to be Dreamville Fest this past uh, spring, but whenever Dreamville Fest happens again, I don't know if you guys are going to pull up since you guys are in North Carolina. But let's link. For sure, link up. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to pull up to some more concerts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the next coming month. Or Definitely. Not well, next coming back. well, no, once shit comes yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> next coming months, like I'm going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Hey, no, but for real, once Dreamville's back up, whatever, hit us up, stay in touch on social media. And we definitely want to see what projects you got coming forward, man. We're excited. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. Appreciate it. All right, man. All right, guys. Be safe. You too.